to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes and are now rocking their best life. Join me on this journey to rock your best life. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice, as I am not a qualified healthcare provider. The information presented on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Rock Your Best Life and Rock and Rosa Wellness are not qualified to provide medical advice. Please consult your own physician or provider with any medical issues that you may be experiencing. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors of this podcast. Hello friends and welcome back to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. I am so glad you're here today. You are going to love, love, love this interview. I know that I loved talking to Dr. Stephanie Rimka and those of you who aren't familiar with her, she is a um, holistic brain optimization coach. Amongst other things that she is, um, she's just an amazing human, um, full of light and love, and I love talking to her. Um, You know, she is a uh, kinesiologist, a neurofeedback therapist. She's a functional medicine doctor, a chiropractor, and and so she has all these different modalities that she uses to help people, and I just really admire her for all that. Um, you know, I know it's not easy doing this work and we kind of dove deep into that as well. Um, you know, kind of the the alternative, you know, practitioner, you know, or even anyone, you know, um, that is thinking outside the box, anyone that is thinking outside of the traditional medical system or doing work outside of that, um, you know, a lot of times we are faced with a lot you know, a lot of walls, a lot of blockages, you know, a lot of resistance to go against the norm because, um, you know, it's not making money for the powers that be, basically. Um, it's taking away uh, money from them. Big pharmaceutical companies and and big food um, companies, it's kind of taken away from them when we go against... Um, the system, basically. <laughs> so we kind of went into that a little bit. Um, so I, I'm i really excited for you guys to listen to this interview today. Um, and she deals with a lot uh, and helps a lot of people that have, you know, neurological disorders, things like bipolar, anxiety, you know, depression, autism, you know, all these different kind of, uh, you know, just diseases of the brain and she does a lot of education, um, and, and you know, we talk about that as well, um, but um, it was just, it was just such um, a breath of fresh air to talk to her, and, and the conversation kind of went in some areas that I, I was even surprised, but I welcomed it because I loved it, of course, I love having these conversations, nothing is ever, nothing scripted, nothing is the way that you think it will be. Um, but I really vibed with her and I just had a great conversation. You know, we even talked about how we are all beings of light, you know, um, 
and we're we are all electrical it's we're an electrical system our brains are so powerful mother earth is so powerful and i just love talking with her um so i hope you guys enjoy this interview today and um you know just a few updates um on me um you know i am i'm still kind of <laughs> trying to find balance you know um with with everything lately but i'm i'm finally on track a little bit more um again with with my healthy habits um and and um last night actually i had a big scare with my puppy um so if you don't know i have a he's now almost 11 weeks old and he's growing so fast and i just love him he's just a blessing for the whole family <laughs> but of course if you've ever had a puppy you know it's a lot of responsibility it's a lot of work um and of course we also have an older dog um you know, if you're a fur baby parent, you know, and then if you also have kids, you know, <laughs> it is a lot of work, but it's so worth it. Um, but you know, we go, we usually go on our evening walks and we go, um, I live in Colorado. We have a lot of rivers and, and, um, creeks here. And I live actually right by a Creek. And so, you know, just right in front of my house, there's irrigation ditches and, um, you know, all kind of all kinds of water sources. So we usually go on this trail and lately, you know, I'm I walk um I walk uh, both the dogs um on this trail and I usually like let them have their leash off so they can kind of run, they listen, they come back to me, they follow me. Um but there is this um there is a part on the trail. It's just this one little part where there is a water source and it's a, um, I don't really know how to explain it, but it, it basically goes, um, under the highway. Um, and it goes, it connects, it basically leads right back to the river. Um, so this part of this part of it, my, uh, my older dog, she usually kind of jumps in there, gets something to drink. Um, and my little puppy, he, you know, he just walks past it. Usually I don't usually let him go in it, but last night, this is really scary. My older dog, she was having trouble getting out of there. So it was kind of a stronger current this time. And, and it's a very small part of it. Um, it's almost like there's like a little tunnel there. Um, and so it's kind of, <laughs> there's not much room. So I was able to pull her up. Um, and then my little puppy Dutch, he just jumped in and this is like the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I went to get him, um, and I saw that he was kind of, you know, having like trouble and he got swept away basically. And so I freaked out, of course, I couldn't get him. I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. So I, I knew that this went under the highway, um, you know, so I ran across the highway and I just ran to where it connected and it was really scary, guys. Um, I thought I lost him and I'm, you know, I'm getting really emotional about this, um, but he's a fighter. <laughs> you know, he is a lab. He's a chocolate lab, um, but he's only 11 weeks old and he's never swam. <laughs> I mean, I, I've tried to get him a little bit to swim in the water, but he's never swam, but he swam. You know, and he was, you know, I was able to find an end point right before it basically it drops off. 
um, and, and goes, it goes into the animus. It goes into the river, which is by my house. And so this, oh my God, this was really scary. Um, and, you know, I almost lost him. And it was just so scary. And it was another, you know, these things happen, um, but we can prevent them. And, you know, I, I just kept thinking, oh, gosh, how could I have prevented this? And the big thing is, you know, he, you know, I, I should have had him on his leash. You know, of course, you never think something like this is going to happen. Um, but I was able to save him. <laughs> I, I caught him, you know. And I was in that water, you guys. I was yelling. I was screaming. I mean, anyone that probably heard me thought I was crazy, but I was trying to get my baby. <laughs> and I saved him. And it was just, you know, for my son, it was a really hard experience, too, because I, I, you know, he had our older dog, Gypsy, and I told him just to go home and get dad. Of course, there's nothing that my husband could have done. It was a very quick thing that you had to act on. Um, and thankfully, you know, it ended well, but I'm still really, you know, kind of shook up over it. Um, you know, all last night I was just holding him, holding my baby and yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. Um, but we just have to be really careful and, you know, from now on, of course, I'm always going to make sure he's on his leash because, you know, we never know when these kind of things are going to happen. Puppies are very unpredictable, um, of course he probably thought he could just jump in there and jump out and, but you know, sometimes the current is a little fast and we got to kind of think about those things, um, especially around where I live. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm still dealing a little bit with that. Um, and it's, you know, kind of shaking me up a little bit, but other than that, everything's, you know, going great. Um, and I have another interview tomorrow. I'm finally going to be able to, to talk to Sylvia um, Taber, and she is the um, one of the co-creators of um, Carnivore Snacks, <clears throat> and she also is a carnivore, and she's got a lot uh, an amazing story of healing, and I can't wait to chat with her. And you know, just trying to get back on track with all the things that I want to put out there for you guys. Um, and, and I hope that you guys are having an amazing um, week so far. And I hope that you guys enjoy this interview today with Stephanie Rimka. And I want you to rock your best life. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Okay, welcome back to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. Um, today, I have Dr. Stephanie Rimka, and she is a brain optimization coach, amongst many other things. Um, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so glad. I'm so glad to be here. I'm super excited. Yeah, and I'm so excited to talk about all of these things like, you know, mood disorders, autism, um, you know, just all of the neuro um, brain, you know, brain disorders. Great. Really quick stuff we can go through in two minutes each. No problem. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Like really complicated stuff, but let's talk about it. Let's yes. Talk about it. Well, give us a little bit of your background first. I want to know um, what brought you to this line of work that you do? What brought you to this career path? Um, what's your story? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try to be brief. Um, 
pretty much ever since I was a little kid, a little girl wanted to be a doctor, let's say. I mean, pretty much it was, I truly wanted to be a philanthropist when I found out what that word meant. I was probably three or four. And when somebody explained what that was, I thought, that's it. I want to be a philanthropist. I, but then I real, you know, I knew that means you have to have a ton of money to give people money, right? A philanthropist has a ton of money and they just help and support and donate and change the world through service and money. But I got to get rich and we weren't rich. <laughs> so I said, well, one of the best ways to do that is become a doctor. And that's what I did. Now, along my life, I thought I was always going to go into surgery. And um, a few things happened in college that started making me question Western medicine um, and my own healthcare story. So I broke my back in a college soccer game and was dealing with um, paralysis and lack of movement and severe pain and herniated disc and in traction all one summer trying to make a comeback, trying to do what the surgeon said. I could, I would, you know, you'll never run again is what I was told. And I was like, I'm not going to buy that. Right. So the one thing about being a defiant teenager is you're like, you know, you're, you're, you got the FU finger flying at everybody. So, which is a good thing when you're trying to get yourself well. Uh, right. Um, my thyroid also crashed. And it took them a year to diagnose me with hypothyroidism. So I'm, I'm getting fatigued and hair falling out and gaining weight and, and just all of this while trying to combat, you know, recover from a, a broken back. And it was just a bizarre time to, to go through that system and questioning the whole thing. I'm like, they don't seem like they know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, like, wow, this is really bad. And I kind of took it upon myself and dove into research and talking to professors and kind of trying to, you know, there was no such word as biohacking in 1992 when this was mm -hmm. going on. Um, but that's what I was doing. You know, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I will recover this. Nobody needed to tell me I could heal. I was pretty much like, don't tell me I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. Because that's, that, that's got to be BS, right? So I just started on that journey and I went to an undergrad uh, college, uh, I was majoring in biology and Spanish and, and pre-med concentration, triple majoring. And everybody's dad there was a surgeon, a physician. I mean, my roommate, her father was a brain surgeon. She kind of said it one day, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, no, he's a, he's a neurosurgeon. I mean, this was just everybody. My best friend's father was a head of radiology at a hospital. Everybody I knew, it was just, and everybody assumed because I was part Indian, my daddy must be a surgeon too. <laughs> you know, it was just, <laughs> yeah. but there wasn't any, phys any physicians in my family. So that being said, everyone's father were doctors, mostly surgeons. They were incredibly, um, uh, kind of rooting and, and cheering and wanting me, you know, everybody had their stake. You should go into psychiatry, you should go into orthopedic surgery, or everybody's kind of like, you know, they want you to pick their, their thing. Mm -hmm. And that spent a lot of time with them. And some of them kind of helped and mentored me. Uh, along that path, recovering from my broken back, my chiropractor was the most integral person in helping me walk again and run again and return to sports again. Mm -hmm. However, I still didn't want to be one. Uh, because I wanted to be a real doctor, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted the legitimacy and the money, I, I thought. But as I started spending more time with the, with the other group um, and kind of seeing what was going on, I didn't like their lifestyle and I kind of didn't like their personalities very much. I kind of, the reality of they were never home. Their kids were resentful. I was friends with them. They loved the money and the BMWs that their daddy bought them, but they never actually had their father around because they always had to be at the hospital. Oh. And 
they kind of were jerks. I mean, there was a lot of ego. It was every time they talked to me about it, they showed me how much money I was going to have. You're going to have a boat. You're going to have a this, and which was very attractive to a kid who grew up me who grew up on welfare. Mm-hmm. So, but every time I was with my chiropractor and his family, they were really nice, and he never really talked about money. He talked about how much he was. You were going to help people, and what he the, working out with his wife two hours every day, and being t- with his children, and not having a pager, right? So there was a very yeah. different. Thing, so I kind of went through a little spiritual crisis of wondering why do I want to be a doctor, and what is the reason for that? Is this my ego? Um, and I decided to take a year off before I went to medical school, and I worked um, in two different fields to get an idea of what I wanted to do. And it was in my experience in that year off of working with schizophrenics and watching what was happening in the whole story of that, and and that I was utterly kind of disillusioned and devastated by what was happening to these patients. And it was in a moment with my chiropractor that I decided I wanted to become a chiropractor to help the schizophrenics, to help the drug addicts, to help the mentally ill because they're getting thrown away by medicine. And if I can unlock their nervous system in my naivete, I thought if we just change their nervous system through the power of the adjustment, I can help all of them. Mm-hmm. I learned over time, I had to do a whole lot more than that and address the gut and the brain and get in there directly and do a whole lot of other things to help people with mental illness and consequent uh, drug addiction. But that is what drove me. I wanted to find a solution that didn't drug people up and lock them away in a mental institution in, in, a, in a white jacket. I thought this, this can't be what we're doing. And I, I want to do something different. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. just so inspirational. Um, and tell us a little bit about why how does chiropractor relate to, you know, the brain? Okay. Well, this looks kind of at the body. I mean, you're looking at me and whether this is a podcast and someone's just listening, or if you're watching on YouTube or whatever, um, the only reason we touch your head or your spinal cord is because it is housing your central nervous system. The brain sits inside of your head and an ex- the extension of the brain is the spinal cord. It is really could be considered one thing. I mean, also the eye is coming out. That's really brain tissue as well. So that's the only reason we touch it because we're trying to affect nerve function. It has nothing to do with bones. We are not bone doctors, nothing to do with it. And the only reason anybody goes further out to a shoulder or an elbow is because we're trying to affect the way the nerve function flows. It is directly, that's that's it. It is straight neurology. That's all we study. We do have to look at biomechanics and musculature because the muscles are attached to the bones and that moves the things and the joints and the opening. Right. But it's all related to the nervous system. And while I was in chiropractic school and I was looking at this and again, my mindset was mental health. Somebody else, their mindset could have been sports chiropractic. Right. And they would have really focused and gone that Avenue. I knew I didn't really, I, I thought that's what I would do, but it just Not really, it would make sense because I was an athlete, but I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to work. That's not what I want to do. It's not as fascinating to me. Um, I was much more fascinated with the um, psychological impacts of affecting the nervous system, right? Information coming in and information coming out. Information comes in through all your senses, has to get processed in the brain, and then we have to output information, right? You have some kind of efferent response. If that information coming in is faulty because you have some neurological hiccup, then your brain processes bad information, then you have a bad output, right? It's if the data junk in, it's going to be junk out. So that's how it 
just from a large understanding of anybody who's under consistent chiropractic care, and this is what happened to me, we're all happier. You always have a better mood. You don't understand why. You're like, because that was the moment, that conversation that changed my life with my doctor who had been adjusting me at that point since I was 16 years old. And I was just coming for back pain, totally normal from another soccer injury (laughs) that I got in high school. Um, But when I put the two pieces together, I'm like, something is completely different. When I do this consistently, I'm happier. I'm, I don't get depressed. My person, it's like the glasses always have full. And when I stop coming for long periods of time, man, the glass can go half empty a whole lot easier for me. What's that all about? I was like, why is that happening to me? And he started explaining it. That's what, why I said, oh my gosh, we have to be adjusting the mentally ill. They're, They're missing this this gift, right? That changes all your neurotransmitters, changes the way information is going in. It, it's just extraordinary. So that's like the general gist of we're, we're really, we've done a horrible job in our industry to make people think we're pain doctors or back doctors. We're not, right? Yeah. And there's different, just like in the dental field, you can have your basic dentist and you can have somebody who really specializes like in TMJ or somebody who's dealing with um, sensory issues by using different palate devices and somebody who's a, a surgeon, a, you know, an oral surgeon. They're very different, but all kind of in the same field. We look the same way. Actually, you have some of you have got your basic people who are just going to do your, you know, kind of maintenance, cleaning, whatever, keep you. And then you can go to very deep functional neurology. And then you can have people like me who picked up another, you know, I worked doing a lot of clinical therapeutic things. I had a lot of therapists train me. I have a lot of extra special training. Of course I can't ignore that, right? So I can talk to patients in a different way. I can see the psyche in a way a lot of other chiropractors can't see because I have that training. And my nephew um, was diagnosed with autism while I was in school. Oh, wow. So through, yeah, that was a whole, take me down a whole new journey, which made me dive into the brain deeper. And because of working with every single one of his physicians um, and because any physician who was choosing to go down the autism road, especially in 1992, 93, 94, whatever, mm-hmm. and like the Defeat Autism Now Network, the Dan Doctors and things like that, they were in it to win it. I mean, you know, and many of them have lost their lives over this situation wow. in their fight over this, right? And, yeah. you know, they were more than overflowing happy to train me. So I was in there and they trained me like right on him. This is why this, look at this lab, look at this. This is why we do this. And then I started helping other friends and then they trained me with them. And that's how I learned about the gut and the, these supplement and this and how to do that and look at the genetics and look at these markers. And here's the, because it's very different with autism than let's say we're dealing with something else. So yeah. through that whole process, I learned. And because of the therapies that worked on him, that I was learning and applying that I saw and was helping the most amount of kids, one of those therapies was neurofeedback. So then I decided to become board certified in neurofeedback and add that brain therapy to my practice because it's directly going in on the brain way faster than just adjusting. So I'm, I'm like getting right in on it and helping change in the structure and function of that brain. And then, you know, that's, so that's just kind of where it leads, right? That's kind of like, yeah, how it's almost like one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, right? Yeah. Everything's connected, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's interesting that you talk about um, going, you know, getting chiropractic care and how that makes you feel ha happier because that's been my, my experience too is, is we actually, me and my son both go every two weeks now. It was once a week and now it's... Um, yeah, you're getting healthier. That's good. The and, longer you can hold, the better it is. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. And mine was from an injury that I don't even know I... It was just the strangest thing. One day, my whole left side um, tensed up and my, um, I think it's the SI joint in the uh -huh. back, it was inflamed and it was very tight. I could barely walk. And this is probably a six month recovery, but, you know, probably working out. I, you know, did something. I stressed myself out. But uh, you wear heels. Do you wear uh, heels? Do you ever no, wear no, I don't wear okay, heels. It's often shoes. I mean, so first of all, pregnancy makes yeah. her super loose. It's it's shoes. Shoes are really an abomination. Well, I was oh, I was um, training at the time to be a roller derby girl. <laughs> oh, how fun! <laughs> and yeah, so, but I think took a couple hits. <laughs> oh yeah, that's in and, and I was just in training, and you in training, you fall down. That's what they. That's how they train you. You gotta hit. You gotta fall down. Yeah learn to fall, you know, but those, those, those trainings were like three hours. And I think yeah. I just overstressed myself. And then I was lifting weights and I was, you know, I was trying to get strong. And, um, but I think, um, that was a wake up call to me because I, I was in pain, you know? And so I went to the chiro, I went to a chiropractor and it, that, and then I went to an acupuncturist and all these things didn't, you know, they seemed to kind of help a little, but not you know, all the way. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you, like, um, because the chiropractor I see now, she does different, a different kind of therapy where she uses like a device um, and she pushes it in and she kind of works, she works, um, you know, along the spine and the neck. Um, it's not so much like pushing and cracking, I guess. Hmm. Well, let me say there's over 4,000 registered chiropractic techniques, oh, over 4,000 oh that are known, classified, legitimate, registered within the International Chiropractic Association, 4,000. Wow, and okay. Most schools are teaching one to three. So some people go to school and they just, they learn Logan. They learn <laughs> diversified or something like that. So give me an idea. Some of us go to a, a, the schools that will teach you 10 to 15. I know about 30 to 40 techniques. Yeah. So some chiropractors are going to do one thing and they're going to, that's their thing. And mm -hmm. some of us blend several and it's kind of our own technique because we don't even know where that kind of came from over 20, you know what I mean? You're like, I don't even, you know, like just, it comes to you. Right. And so there's okay. many that are by hand because chiropractic means by hand only yeah. um, many hand devices and machines and um, many ways to do it. And yeah. they're, they all work. And so it's a matter of finding what, as a clinician, you pick what you like. Usually you're picking what worked on you, usually. Uh, I actually yeah. adjust pretty different than the way I used to be adjusted. Um, but, and then, so the noises, sometimes that, you know, the popcorn, we call it, it's, you know, there are moves that do that. And there are, there are techniques that don't, some people love it, some people don't. And we, almost everybody knows how to do everything in between to help every person that goes before them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And, um, I, um, she, in the very beginning, when we went to this chiropractor that we go to now, I didn't know all the things about the nerves. And that's why I have my son go because he 
um, struggle with focus and kind of ADHD type, you know, symptoms. Um, and it's helped him tremendously with his yeah. focus in school yeah. and all that. If you balance your brain and the information that's coming in, you're, it helps everything. The brain is the master control of everything. Brain health is body health. Brain health is mental health, right? And yeah. yes, by, by, I, you know, we all know about the vagus nerve, right? Everybody knows about the gut. Well, right. Vagus nerve is a cranial nerve coming out of the head and it comes down. It's called the wandering nerve, right? So yeah. it, it is the gut brain access to that gut brain connection. It's called your vagus nerve. And that's and, something I was going to actually ask you about. <laughs> well, if, if the concept of understanding, I can control my brain's interpretation by changing a few things with my breath or my throat, I can stimulate my vagus nerve actively to tell my brain to calm down. Flip the switch, calm down. Flip a switch. I can, I, just with my breathing, I can change my entire physiology very quickly. I can make my brain think there's a lion behind her about to kill her. So change blood flow, change the pupils. I can do it very quickly with my breath. Or I can tell my brain, she's fine, relax. We're gonna, you know, put tons of blood to the digestive system, relax the eyes, right? It can totally just with my breath, regardless of what's happening around me. So if you can do that, imagine if I'm coming along T11 and I'm and that thing is being shut down and I open it up, what that does to all the nerves, what that does to communication, right? This is electrical communication. People have to remember that that stuff happens. It's very, 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 very fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the system needs it to go to, to work well. So that's what we really are. It, it really are doing. So it, it helps. I know it's kind of hard for people to understand. It helps everything. Well, yeah, because if your brain gets the right information and it's okay, it's going to fix things better for you. Now, neurofeedback is directly dealing with what's happening inside the brain mm -hmm. because, you know, something you can clear all of this, but if I've got, you know, mercury, a mercury-laden brain or a mold overgrown brain, well, you know, it's going to still do the best it can, but the computer is kind of broken. And I, so neurofeedback and nutritional approaches help do that directly. Does that make sense? So you kind of have these yeah. two ways of these, these ways of the, the way it works information in and out, but you need it all to, to be working. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what, now what kind of tests do you recommend or you, you mentioned like you can have mercury um, or, you know, mold um, in the brain. Um, what kind of tests would you recommend people getting if they are like experiencing like some kind of like maybe maybe it's just brain fog or anxiety um you know yeah well it's very individualized i mean there's going to be some basics we're always going to run a cbc a chem 40 some basic full thyroid panel full hormone panel i mean there's just basics that um, everybody i would get if i don't know because um the misdiagnosis or, eh, well, it is a misdiagnosis, but there's so many things that cause brain dysfunction, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody, if there's a child with an attention problem, they want to, they just want to lump it into one thing, ADHD, right? There it is. Everybody yeah. has the same problem. Well, when the majority of the studies are very clear at showing it, and my practice is very clear and a, a hundred other clinicians that I, you know, we're in networks with each other. We all talk at conferences about what we're seeing at least 
uh, 40 to 50% of all the ADHD diagnosed by a doctor that come into my office are not, they Mm -hmm. are about 40, 40, 50% is anxiety. Mm-hmm. And another 30% is uh, auditory processing issues. It's an ear issue. And oh. yeah, right. I mean, and another big percentage is oxalate poisoning, a candida oxalate issue, a gut oxalate issue. So that looks just like ADHD. So there's yeah. at least a hundred known, this is accepted in pediatric medicine, a hundred other neurological conditions that look just like ADHD. Right. Also, the thyroid will do this too. Right. And it's not as common for us to see crash thyroids on children, but it's incredibly common uh, when adults come in that have had an adult ADHD diagnosis. Oh, and I know I'm like the the, the amount of time I have to say, uh, not even remotely what you have, it's Hashimoto's or and their doctor never diagnosed it. So they were given Ritalin you know, instead of having a full hormone panel addressed. And like, you need thyroid help, not speed, not a methamphetamine, right? So it's so, like, I know that helps you focus better. I I know you got the jitters and your heart's palpitating, but that's Mm -hmm. not really the problem. It would help me focus better too. That's what methamphetamines do, right? (laughs) Like, it just that's what they do to everybody. Uh So there's there's a lot of, you know, what do I recommend? I recommend customized care. Um, so there's basics, you know, I run things like I use great plain labs. I use organic acid testing, Dutch testing, lots of blood Mm. panel testing. I use specific, um, orthomolecular psychiatry tests through the the Walsh protocol. There's very specific. I look at copper, zinc, cryptopyrals. I look at, you're looking at relationships. I'm looking at neurotransmitters. I mean, it really varies on what comes in. Um, we might do stool testing, you, you know, a lot is what you have in front of you. I don't stick a lot of needles in a kid with autism. Yeah. I need urine tests, oh, I yeah. need saliva tests, <laughs> I need poop tests. I need what can be done because we're not, I'm not going to, I mean, it's very common. You, you, you want blood on them? They're giving them benzos and strapping, five nurses will strap them down. Yes. To, to pull blood. I I'm have, I have a experience with that. I am, um, I'm a caregiver actually for an autistic adult. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of a, you know, he has a, you know, he doesn't like people touching him at all. And hard, to get yeah. oh, very hard yep. to get blood work on him, we have to sedate him. And then we also have to have people hold him down. Right. And so can you imagine, I mean, I have a lot, I have tons of that. I have kids with seizures that are, you know, autism with seizures. So you have to be, so picking what labs, it really is customized as to, well, who do I have in front of me? What, what can I get? I'm like, I know I can get mom to get that kid to pee. I'm like, okay, I want this, 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 and this. Oh, yeah. Let's get that. Let me see that. You know, get me the poop. Get me the that. Even though I might be like, I really wish I could see. And then there are time and place where we're like, we got to get an MRI. There's too many seizures. We know we're going to have to sedate the kid, but it's critical for us to see. You know, you have to, you know, you work with their neurologist, you work with everybody, you know, if they're going to go under, all right, this is when we're going to grab all the blood and you might get that once a year or something. So it really just depends. Um, you know, you got women going through like perimenopause. I'm like, oh, we're going to, we're definitely going to need to see those hormones. Right. It, you know, yeah. it's, other times you're like, yeah, sometimes in the um, consults with the signs and symptoms and what they say, you're like, I don't need to see a lab on this. I'm going to tell you, I think it's this, try this little combination of, you know, amino acids or whatever. And we'll know in a week, <laughs> you know, if you, if you give a treatment and you watch what happens, you're like, yep, I was right. Like, I know what, I, I know what the lab is going to say. Um, I also do genetic testing. 
particularly oh. always for psychiatric kind of cases. And I want to look very specifically at uh, genetic modifiers um, for drugs and how things are working, how their body's going to respond to marijuana, how their body's going to respond to coffee. Do they have three times the cortisol response of someone else? What is exercise going to do to their BDNF? That matters deeply for some people. Other people, it's, it's, it's interesting and it'll help us. Mm -hmm. And if they have the money and they want to do it, let's do it. Other people, I'm like, I'm not doing anything unless you have this lab. Yeah. So it really varies to each person where they're coming in. I don't have a standard, everybody should get this. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Well, and that's, I mean, that really speaks to like your holistic, you know, approach. You know, everybody's, you know, everyone's obviously different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we need, maybe we need to treat everybody different, do different tests, you know, for their yeah. situations. Um, well, let's talk about what, what kind of therapies. Um, and I know, of course, you do different therapies for different you know, situations like you might do something different for autism, you know, ADHD, uh, mood disorders, but what are the, what are the top, you know, therapies that you found to be most effective? Well, a lot of them I'll always, I will just kind of do the same. I mean, I'll tell you, cause the brain is the brain. Helping the brain helps the brain. Uh, I do a lot of light, electricity, sound, magnetism, uh, that's what we're going to work on. So I'm going to use things that are looking, measuring and using electricity, using light, using sound, right? Using magnetic waves, neurofeedback, a form of biofeedback, heart rate variability, a form of biofeedback, um, transcranial direct stimulation. Um, uh, I use the Bob Beck protocol, a lot of devices that are using um, electrical DC current into your uh, wrist and magnetic pulsing to kill, to kill pathogens and regenerate tissue faster. Um, I use a, a sound system called integrated listening systems. I'm certified in that as well. So that's looking at auditory processing, sensory integration issues, um, through bone conduction and sound frequency to open up the ear, um, and, uh, uh bring nutrition into the brain from sound frequency because the ear transduces that and transforms sound airwaves into electricity. And it's a nutrient. Sound is a nu nutrient to the brain. Uh, we do that. I use photobiomodulation. So I use devices that go onto the brain as well as the body that are healing the mitochondria, making new ATP and altering brain waves. I use audio visual entrainment. I mean, I can go on and on. Wow. I have a ton of devices. Yeah. Um, I sell them on my website as some of them as well. Brain tap. I mean, there's, there's, there's an overwhelming amount of the like gadgets and devices that I'm using to direct you to teach your brain how to heal. We oh. use light, sound, electricity to heal it. This is an electromagnetic light sensing and light producing organ. Mm -hmm. And really your whole body is doing that. Okay. The minute you stop being able to create electricity, you're dead. That's the definition of death. Yeah. There's no electrical charge anymore. That's how, that's how we know. Okay. And that is sparking light. Actually, we can measure it. Okay. So you really are a being of light and everything is really electrical. Yeah. Everything waves, everything's coming down to that. Um, so you, you can measure that and you can track it and you can feed it. So I'm looking at that more, the, the, the hormones and the neurotransmitters and all these other labs that we do that people are used to that's biochemistry. Mm -hmm. That's actually pretty high up on the 
list. If you get the electricity, the charge right uh, with light and magnetic pulsing and, and electricity, um, the rest of it will, and I give it enough nutrition, you'll, you'll heal the rest of that yourself. You might not have to micromanage all those little details very much, but people are kind of obsessed with the details. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it my cortisol? Oh, is it my this? Oh, my serotonin? Oh, my this? I'm like, well, why don't we start with the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. And they <laughs> just don't understand that you're an electromagnetic being of light because you're not taught that. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's where I actually start. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> that is amazing. I'm really interested in all that. Um, and so, yeah, what now, um, what do you think of like, you know, different diets? There's been a lot of different diets that people have used, especially like I've heard a lot of different diets for autism. Um, you know, um, what do you think is like the best approach um, or the first steps like people would, would need to take to improve, you know, their, their mood disorder or their, you know, if they have autism or ADHD, uh -huh. their brain disorder, like what? Yeah. Primal. You, know? you need to go as primal back to nature as possible. Mm -hmm. Step one. So if it's made in a factory, manufactured in any shape, you know, form, put in a box, a can or a bag, or from a fast food place, that's not from nature. That's not primal. You should eat the way humans have been eating for tens of thousands, if not millions of years. And that is connected to the land and that is primarily animal-based. Now to, as far as a diet, if I'm gonna give anybody a book, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, let's just go autism. It's always gonna start with Natasha Campbell McBride's The Gaps Diet. Oh yeah. So we're always going to kind of start there, even though we may not stay there forever, but it's a great explanation. And she bridges it to relatively modern times. Um, once we knew how to ferment plants and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's not going so far back in time, like 50,000 years that people are like, I don't know what to do because I don't hunt and you know, I don't know, right? And I don't live in Siberia and I have no idea about this. So, but we get them to understand you have to cook and you gotta cook real food, you know? And you need to understand animal foods build, plants can be used to detox. They, they do two different things. Just look at the big basic groups. And so for autism, we have a lot of building to do and a lot of detoxing to do. So how do we balance the two things together so we don't waste away the children more than they already are wasted away because they mm -hmm. can't build because everything is so damaged. So we start there. I want to heal that gut. You got to go, you, you have to start there. And we use, I use different, um, supplements and protocols to address the, any, the, the major dysbiosis, the mucosal lining. It, there's big, big issues going on there and we will forever most likely be battling them in these individuals and parents. I need to be very clear. This is a marathon. This isn't a 90 day anything, never yeah. a 90 day anything. If, it, if it's a 90 day for a, a, a neurotypical person, this is gonna be at least six months, okay? To get to the same place, it would take me in 90 days for someone else. And you, you have to set the stage for that. And you have to start there. You can't even touch that brain until I get the poisons from the gut to stop destroying the brain. Yeah. So 
we, we totally, it, it goes on and on. I have to almost change every single thing and I have to change the whole family typically because mom's stress and her exhaustion and her overwhelm are deeply affecting that highly empathic child. Yes. So I have to bring them both into healing. I have to bring them both calm, right? Yeah. And mom's microbiome affects child's microbiome. Child's microbiome affects mom's. You live in the same house. Everyone's contaminating everybody's microbiome. It's all going to be the same. So you have to actually address everybody. That's the, that's the, the best is when the whole family and I test everybody and I see everybody and I fix the whole thing, the whole house. And yeah. I'm that lucky that I get to do that often and I get to see it all. And that's, that's really when you get the healing. Wow. Yeah. That's been from my experience too. I, I had major gut issues, leaky gut, you know, candida, all that stuff. And then I found my family was uh, experiencing some symptoms from it too. And, I was, and yeah. that was the first thing I didn't know that you can kind of. Yeah. Research study. They did it. They've studied it. They've actually done, um, they've given antibiotics. They looked at families and they test it and they give mm -hmm. one person an antibiotic. They test everybody. They give one person a drug and mm -hmm. wipe out something in the, in the microbiome, test that it changed it. Then they test everybody. It changed the whole family. Oh my gosh. You're exchanging oh. everything with the environment. It's not just what you eat. You're constantly exchanging the biome. Does uh, it affect your pets too? Do you yeah. think? I mean, yeah, they're affecting you. I don't see how it wouldn't be affected. Now they have different biomes than us, but yeah, they are. They are yeah, because yeah. I yeah, I've had some strange things where my pet got some kind of gut issue, and then me and her have the same. Oh, pet. interesting. Yeah, like I don't think anybody's done a study on it, but um, she had she had just recently she had some yeast overgrowth. Of course, she she probably got into something, and we just got a new puppy, and maybe all that's affected, but. Yeah. But it's very interesting, yes. Um, so I just have a few more questions for you. Um, I'm wondering if you have much experience working with, you know, CBD, THC, like therapies. With yeah, I've people. been using it clinically for about seven or eight years. Um, oh wow! I, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I've, I've, you know, working with autistic people, I have seen a lot of um has you know the guy that i do work with i have seen some advances with him and it seems to kind of you know just an observation it seems to almost open up some pathways well cannabinoids are the modulating system the endocannabinoid system is the gateway to inflammation it is the modulating system for your entire inflammatory system as well as your immune system so the endocannabinoid system is an internal system that we just discovered very recently so we didn't even know this whole thing existed and it turns out it's a it's a master modulating like dimmer switch it decides if the whole system it goes up or it goes down. It has deep implications on inflammation and immunity. And it's a food source that has been kind of stolen from people. It's a plant, it's an herb that people were using for a long time and suddenly it was made illegal. So uh -huh. it was missing, right? So not having it, I think um, cannabinoids, I look at them as an essential nutrient. I think they should be, I think they're gonna one day when, when politicization will end, it'll be classified as an essential fatty acid of some sort, kind of like omega-3s, um, yeah. DHA, EPA. I think it's more like that. So I've had 
uh, pretty much everybody in my practice on um, some form form of cannabinoids for seven, eight years. I've taken them that long. And oh, wow. um, I'm pro THC being used. It's not legal here in Georgia, but yeah, patients would walk in with it all the time. I'm like, you know, I'm not, why you bring, I can't do a back. I thought maybe you want to, uh, yeah, I can't sell that. And I didn't yeah. see it, you know, and that was a lot of chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia patients, things like that. Um, but I do run genetic testing because there is variance on how fast you process it, who's more likely to have psychotic reactions, um, things like that. So there are big discrepancies in it. So there are some things to be aware of and smoking marijuana in particular um, causes an estrogenic effect and competes with estrogen receptors and it can cause feminization of boys and things like that. So there are things to consider with how you do it. Oh, but yeah, I've been, um, but you need to have some wherewithal and make sure you have a good product because they're all, there's a lot of heavy metals contamination, lots of dangerous oils on the market. It's uh, wild, wild west out there right now. It's very dangerous. And I said this in a Facebook live, I think eight years ago, where I said, I love that. I said, one day this is going to be as common as vitamin C. It's going to be everywhere. And that's going to be a great thing, except the fact that you're going to have quality issues. You're going to have scammers. You're going to have a lot of people going to be buying. I mean, it's going to be it. And that's where we're at right now. It's yeah. Threat, and that's okay. So I just say, you know, buyer, definitely be aware. You need to really only seek products that, you know, a clinician has tested on hundreds or thousands of people and actually sees results with and knows it's safe and it's effective. Yeah. Because I don't care. Sometimes things can work, but they're not safe. I'm like, yep, your pain is going down, but you're also getting lead every time you do it. That's a problem. Yeah. Over time, you're just going to lead to more heavy metal poisoning. Right. So it's, it's, it, you got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm lucky to live where I do in Colorado <laughs> here. Yeah. Just where I live, there's many farms and and yeah. and and uh dispensaries you most know. of it is grown that we, legal here it, it's grown in colorado like the stuff i use is grown in colorado everything yeah. mostly is being grown there yeah yeah and i mean i know it's not uh, you know it's hard you know to know like what you're getting and that's one of the things that a lot if you talk to some of the farmers around here they'll they'll tell you you know don't buy anything online don't. yeah <laughs> No, it's very dangerous. Um, People need to really be careful. I mean, that's that's my big concern. I'm like, where did you get this from? Yeah. Gas station? Don't buy I mean, it in Vegas. You know, yeah, don't. <laughs> because it's not only where it's grown, how it's grown, what it's sprayed with or not, which is right there is, is a major issue. It's how they process it. How are they extracting that oil? Yeah. You know, what you can do to that a healthy thing with, with cheap extraction, mechanical heat, oils, tox, it's horrific. So I just, that's my, I tell people, be really careful. Yeah. And it, it's therapeutic, it's medicinal, and, you know, you need to have the right combination and in, in, of CBD to THC for what's going on. And mm-hmm. um, definitely, you know, don't smoke it. Very, very different to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, but yeah, clinically, we go through it. Yeah, that's great to hear. <laughs> Um, and then there has been um, some yeah, some work done, I guess, in Panama with like stem cells, um, some success with, you know, younger children with autism of kind of um, almost like reversing some of their symptoms 
So they're able to focus again and they're, some of them are able to speak. Um, what do you think of all that? Uh, well, the better place is actually Mexico. Oh, okay. um, there's one that's very, very specific. Um, uh, it's very promising. The reality is, with stem cells, um, America is incredibly behind the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been my best friend of 40 some years, uh, has a son with cerebral palsy and, and a seizure disorder and went to China when he was like three years old um, and did six, seven weeks. And then she also went to Panama a few years later. Mm -hmm. um, I've had stem cells. I'm scheduled to go to Colombia in, in a few months. Oh, wow. So, so I like it a lot. Yeah. Now, when it comes to neurological disorders, it's incredibly promising. It is also incredibly sad to me that people have to get in a plane and book a 20, 30, $40,000 trip um, or so to get help for somebody with neurological damage, whether it's autism or MS or paralysis. But I will say the countless stories, and my best friend was there in China watching it happen, watching people with MS in wheelchairs blind. And in four or five weeks, they're walking down the hall with vision. Oh my gosh. This is the and it's left and right in Asia. They've been doing this for decades, decades. So there's tremendous, there's a whole um, place. And, and again, it's Mexico where this is their primary thing. Uh, it's way better than Panama. Panama has, okay. yeah. Panama has got their issues where um, there's just like, again, every country and their political issues. It's better than here. Yeah. Get in there and where I'm going in Colombia, way better than I can get here. I can get millions more than I'm, I could get in America. So what what's the pushback with America? Why don't they want to utilize this? Uh, you know, I think, I mean, there's a lot of the, I don't remember all the bizarre politics. I can't, I can't speak well enough to the Bush years of what happened and, and mm -hmm. abortion and the debate and is it an umbilical cord or is it a this? And, you know, oh, okay. in general, America and pharmaceuticals don't seem real motivated by things that actually work. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, any treatment that can seem to do something, you tell people you can reverse blindness in mm -hmm. four or five treatments. I mean, why wouldn't you be doing that? Yeah. Um, so, but there's a, there's a lot. I mean, we can just look at the recent hydroxychloroquine ivermectin debacle. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of suppression of things that do things that are helpful. Um, I don't remember exactly all that political stuff and the laws that happened around that, but you know, Americans and Canadians have been going to Asia for this for a very, very long time. Oh, wow. I was not aware of that. <laughs> America's very behind. We're, yeah. we're, the, the, the delusion that we have the greatest health care is, is a massive delusion. Oh, yes. And I, I don't know why people keep repeating that. Again, it's just you keep repeating a lie enough and people, you know, it makes us feel good or something. Um, yeah, we got good trauma care. There's things that there's things about our system that are good. If you're incredibly wealthy, you can get what you know. But they just leave. They they go to they go to other countries for their treatment, and they don't talk about it. That's what goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's the same with all you know. A lot of chronic illnesses like cancer and yeah. I, I know. I mean, this was years ago, but my grandma when she had cancer, I know that was they they went to Mexico to try and find you know like the miracle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's really sad that we're so behind. And yeah, and when you have doctors here trying, you have oh, yeah. a, you know you have a Dr. Bradstreet was doing what he was in autism. He's 
just magically dead in some kind of bizarre suicided way. You have Dr. Gonzalez. He was doing cancer. His Nicholas Gonzalez was, you know, these are like heroes of all of us that they're, he's magically dead and lots of magically dead in the last three, four years. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. The list of holistic practitioners who are magically drowned or suicided is extraordinary. Wow. I guess I was not aware of that. Oh, you should go down that rabbit hole. Oh, okay. Yes, I will have to. I, I know that, you know, through, it seems like through the internet, interwebs, they are silencing a lot of people who yeah. are. They've, so they've silenced a lot of us for a good decade just because of this. So there's, there's topics none of us would talk about anyway. Cause you're like, I can't be suicided. I'm a mother. I mean, this is yeah. literally the conversations we have in, in, in practice with, we go to conferences. That's the truth of it. This has been, this is, this is not, this is not new. The level we're seeing it now is real bad, but you look at the list of holistic doctors that have have mysterious deaths in the last five years. It's, it's well over 50. It might be at a hundred. And, um, Aaron, um, Joe Mercola's partner, I forget her name, but health nut news, Aaron, something, she does a really good expose about it. People have been oh, tracking. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. have to. Brad Street, that up. Brad Street was a big autism doctor. Gonzalez was a huge cancer through food doctor in New York. Dead, dead. Everyone's just dropping off. My son's physician magically had a heart attack in Mexico, and oh. he was the guy training me. He flew to Atlanta and trained all these autism doctors. He was my he was my nephew's doctor. Yeah, John Hex, and then everyone's like, "Do you know he's dead?" I mean, it just literally just yeah. It's it's happening a lot. Wow, yeah. Yeah. it's a big price to very pay. Very disturbing. <laughs> it is. It's a big price to pay. Holistic doctors have a serious crosshairs. Yeah. You know? Well, and it seems like if you are speaking out against big pharma, big food, yeah. you know the, I guess the vegan propaganda. If you're mm-hmm. speaking out against any of that, you're kind of you're shut down. You're silenced. You're canceled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be, unfortunately, you got to be careful. You know, it's bad when you see that we're spelling things out, you know, we we are talking like, well, I can't say it. And we spell it out and, or people have like, you know, acronyms for things that's like a code now. And it's like, I can't believe we're living in these times. I knew I couldn't, you know, you can't really talk, talk about it, but I used to be able to say it and like, I wouldn't be blocked or things and your, your post goes against standards. I'm like, what, you know? So it's definitely, um, on the one hand, I like that it's become so obvious. So, so many more people have woken up to like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the party. So I love that people are new in the last years. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Welcome to what you've been saying for 25, 30 years. I mean, people have been saying this for a hundred years. Really? Oh God. The American Medical Association was found guilty of conspiracy to shut down the entire practice of chiropractic. They got fi- they got lost in the Supreme Court. But does everybody know that? I mean, they do did active campaigning to lie about us. The word quack quack they invented, and it's oh stuck. God. It's stuck. Really? People call us quacks all the time. They started yeah. it. You know, and they were found guilty, and they're not legally ever supposed to tell a patient not to go to us. They do it all the time. It's illegal, yeah. but they do it. And do they get in trouble for it? No, right? So I'm just giving you an idea. This is nothing new, but that it's yeah. being seen by people for the first time, it's making people go, wait a minute, 
that's not right. And I'm like, welcome to our party. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to, welcome to what we've been saying for decades. Yeah. So I think it's a, a really good thing um, that it's kind of like a, you know, a pimple that really hurts. It's coming to a head and it hurts and it's ugly. And we got to see what's going to happen when we pop it. And is it going to leave a scar or not? Right. That's where we kind of are. Like, how bad is this going to get? And how ugly is it? How is it going to be permanent? Is it going to last? And are we going to be scarred? Yeah. As a society over, over this. But well, I mean, if you look back in history of all of the greatest inventions, all of the greatest advancements, I mean, why why we wash our, you know, doctors started washing their hands and what happened to the man who. Yeah. Who Some of us. He was yeah. suicided. Yes. Yeah, he, he yeah, didn't. When he, I heard he, about that, I was the like, story, he killed himself. No, he didn't. You locked him away and you threw him out a window. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They seriously, that's what they did. That's just what they do. So they don't agree with something and then they're going to kill you off or ostracize you or ruin your life. Um, They've done it every time. Oh, it's scary. Yeah. yeah. The earth is round. No, it's not. We're going to kill you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Earth goes around the sun. No, it doesn't. We need to kill you. <laughs> yes. I mean, it just goes on and on. I'm like, okay. but if you have a mission and you know, have a knowing that you know this is right and this is wrong, you know, I guess that's probably what keeps you going. Is oh yeah, I mean, it keeps all of it. I mean, it's just connection to source and knowing you know, this is where you're at and you just got to keep going with it. And I don't know, I just was having this conversation with my best friend who I mentioned this morning. We're like, I'm like, Naomi, why is it some people are just like, I wish I understood. Like people are so in a trance or programmed and why are some of us immune to it or can eventually find our way out? Like, oh, I yeah. can't believe I fell in that hole or I can't believe I fell for that. But eventually you got to go, oh man, I got played. You know, I fell for it. Okay, cool. I'm glad I, I learned new information and changed my mind. Like, yeah. And then some people just seem unable to do that. And I, I wish I knew what that was, what, what, how or why. And it's it, it sparks really interesting conversations about the morphogenic field and what we're picking up from collective consciousness, or is it genetic, or what is it? Right. It's fun to talk about. I I don't understand it. Um, I wish I did. But I think it's just potentially some people are born um, maybe a little defiant. We question. I've just been questioning everything since I was a child. It didn't yeah. make sense to me. I was like, yeah, that, that doesn't sound right. I mean, I'm very young, like, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah. It. You know what I mean? Prove it. And that's just, I've kind of had that um, can get you in, in trouble at times for sure. Mm -hmm. And it definitely leads to, it's a balance because you can become real cynical and pessimistic like that because you don't believe and have enough faith and believe in the magic. So I had to learn that balance of seeing life as wondrous. And uh, I always kind of say, you know, like, you know, rainbows and fairies and unicorns. Like I had to learn to believe in those things. Yeah. And by learning to believe that that's real, it helped me understand there's a miracle happening all the time. My body is performing miracles for me constantly. So yeah when I understood the miracle of, of just a, what a scab is, because we still don't understand how the body does that. But, oh. but I'll say the first step of that scab is that it, the cells create DC current, electricity. DC current is what oh. starts there. Yeah. Okay. So we can use electricity 
to heal and regenerate. I do it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, but medicine doesn't like to do that. They like to do chemistry, not electricity. Mm -hmm. So it ignores this whole part of a human system. So anyway, it just, when you realize that you just, that's, it kind of helps you like, I might get tired and I got to rest, but I'm not giving up because I think humans are, are, are worth it. We deserve it. Life is too amazing. And there's too much magic here that, you know, to only be caught up in, in focusing on um, the dark, right? You know, there's, I wouldn't see any dark if there wasn't always light present. So that's where we're, we're kind of at with it. I think some people just have that and it's more of a vocation and I, I couldn't get rid of it if I tried. <laughs> well, yeah. And then some people, I mean, maybe you, um, maybe you have a life experience where you wake up and, or a health, you know, with me, I just had a, you know, an issue with my health and my gut and I couldn't get any help with uh, from the doctors and I had all these strange symptoms and reactions to food. And I, and that's when I said, no, I'm not accepting your answer that everything's right. fine. Yeah. Cause you know, when it's not fine, you know, right. and you're, yeah, that's very common. I, and I love the phrase um, Dr. Pompa uses all the time. He's taking, you know, turning, going from pain to purpose. Yeah. And, many holistic doctors were in their own pain and took it to a purpose. And many also just, just were there and they use their patient's pain and trans it keeps fueling that purpose. Right. Um, the main mantra that I live by and I learn constantly to go stronger and embrace this, but it's the main mantra I want every patient to eventually get from me is that everything is happening in my highest and best interest. And once you accept that, you don't see anything as bad anymore. There's no judgment, right? The broken leg, that, that's happening for my highest purpose. Lyme disease must be happening in my highest and best interest. You know, so when I've had patients get to the point, one of my patients taught me, I mean, I was, I believed in, that's the mantra and I'm trying to teach them. I'm trying to, like, this is for a long time because it, that always eliminates victimhood, mm-hmm. right? You can't be a victim if you believe, well, it's happening in my highest and best interest. How, how am I turning, you know, what am I supposed to learn from this? How is this making me better? That's just, this is just going to make me stronger. So let's, let's learn it and hit it and do it. Right. Versus, Oh, woe is me. And Oh my God, why, why, why me? And all the things that people do when something bad happens. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying this is easy. I, I mean, you know, this is, and, and sometimes you don't get to that place until, weeks or months or maybe years after the tragic event where you go, wow, now I get the gift out of that. Sometimes right in the moment, I don't know how you, how long it's going to take to get there, right? But the level of mastery is how quickly you can get there. And yeah. the level of your suffering is determined how long until you get there, right? Because if you, you could suffer for a long time or you could suffer for no time, it's just how you react to whatever happened. But I had one patient and who embodied this unlike anything I ever saw. And I will always be in awe of her. Um, I would say it's probably five or six years ago, maybe longer, maybe even eight, 10 at this point. Lily is her name. And she's probably 70 now. So she was in her 60s. And she came to me, a number of things, but she was basically turned into a benzodiazepine addict after her son, around 30 years old, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. 
So as good physicians do, you have a woman who's lost her son to suicide. She's clearly depressed and distressed. Let's give her tranquilizers. Let's give her benzodiazepines, of which we know are highly addictive, and she will withdraw if she tries to come up. She will attenuate and withdraw, which means that they're addictive. Instead of helping her with her natural grief and just letting her feel it and let her get through, right? So she was inadvertently turned into a drug addict. She didn't want to be one because when she tried to get off, she couldn't. She could no longer calm herself or go to sleep without them, right? So that lead to taking more. And so now two, three years into this, she's like, I need help. Took about 100, 150 neurofeedback sessions, a psychologist, nutrition. It took a long time. This was not easy. Coming off a of benzo can kill you. So it led to a bunch of other stuff. Let's say this, right? So we're dealing with that sleep disorders, all this stuff. And then she comes in one day after like kind of when she's at a point where she's was right before she basically fired me and all of her therapists. And I said, that was my goal. She went to five doctor's appointments a week, basically. And I said, ooh. <laughs> my goal is you don't see anybody. That's the goal. You're done. You fire us all right now. I get it. Talk therapist, this, the trauma, the, you know, all the neurofeedback. Okay. She came in and told the story of basically how it came to her. I don't know if it was her meditation or what she knew, but said it with such, with a smile on her face and, and slight tears and eyes to start bawling about how I, the breakthrough she had, the transformation, the minute her son came to her and she realized my son's suicide was the greatest gift of my entire life. I mean, if you can get to that point. Yeah. And after that, she literally fired everybody. She doesn't need us anymore. She's happy. I mean, the level of that, to look at that pain, which was the worst thing that ever, and then everything that happened, the subsequent drug addiction and and what the drugs then did, and they were eating her shoulders apart and she got cancer. I mean, it just was, it was a horrific nightmare. Yeah. And plus that pain. Mm -hmm. And to be there, like, wow, that's, that's mastery. That's guru. That's Buddha status. Yeah. What this woman was feeling and the peace she was feeling, how she could finally you know, connect with him and her dreams and her visualization and her prayers and her thoughts. And now every moment with her son, frequency and energy was full of joy. Wow. And it didn't have that pain involved at all. Mm -hmm. It was stunning. Like, I'm not, that, I'm not a master like that yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't want that to happen, right? I don't want to go through that. But wow. But that's what we're capable of. Yeah. I truly believe that. Um when I started doing more energy work and I had a, you know, I had many signs, I had awakenings, you know, um, I, that was what a, a turning point for me when I, I stopped playing the victim and like, Oh, I'm always in pain. I'm always this, I'm always that to where, well, what is, what is the message? What am I supposed to do with this? You know? And now oh, I know yeah. yeah, it's a gift because, I started talking to people about what was working for me and what I learned and, and, um, I, I've already helped people and I, and I, I'm a prime, I went to primal health coaching school. I'm a primal health coach. And, um, but not only that, I, I go through life differently. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't see the negative. And I it brings gratitude, it brings perspective. You know what I mean? It's just that you have a different yeah. lens. It's like, oh, wow. I, I look at every things. little thing. I'm like, okay, no, I don't see a negative. And really anything, even this whole last two years, um, I see... I see a purpose and it's hard to see it in the moment. It's really hard. Yeah. Especially and it's okay. Live. I want to say this to people listening. It's okay. If you do see the negatives, it's okay to see things there are, there's yeah. Real oh, yeah. suffering. Like it's legit. It's okay. Feel don't judge yourself, but like, Ooh, that's bad. And then, but always look at there is there, you know, that those, silver lining every cloudy whatever that rainbow yeah that i mean we can't always be happy all the time yes. we can't always be right i wanted to make sure everybody understands that that's not yeah thing. i'm not that way by any means oh. i you know get down like oh get frustrated and then you but you're not out. living in it like yeah. you're not focusing on it all the time but yeah of course when something bad happens i'm like oh my gosh yeah this is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> Why yeah, is yeah. this happening? You know? Yeah. But it is, it's a big perspective change and, and Western medicine. Um, I think the entire philosophy fosters, cultivates, creates victimhood. Yeah. And it's incredibly disempowering to people. Mm -hmm. And, and what's really shocking is oftentimes the people who are um, trying to teach empowerment and trying to, say you can heal, uh, get attacked by people who are sick. I don't know if, you know, it's fascinating in like support groups. It, I have been a little bit attacked too when I Is, put stuff out there. You, isn't it fascinating? They're like, well, I just had this horrible thing happen. I, I'm on all this medication and you don't understand. Yeah. And I want to say, I do understand. I know it's hard, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, we have to meet at the empathy place see him there. It's all real. Let's acknowledge it. And then I only work with people who are willing to move above that. Like if you are, if you want to own that diagnosis, you want to own this pain because there are tremendous secondary benefits to being sick. I mean, that's the thing that we don't talk about. Some people do not want to be, be well. Yeah. They get a lot of secondary benefits from that illness and their pain and their suffering and whatever. And this actually doesn't benefit them to get strong and get better. And if you're a coach or a doctor or seeing, you got to be aware of that and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's you as the clinician, you aren't that good. You might go, I don't know how to do this. And you got to know, you got to have your ego in check and not just think every, every one of your failures is on the patient, but is there is that like, okay. Cause sometimes the unconscious scripting is so strong, you know, like this is how they got all their, this is how they got their daddy's love. This is what they learned. Every time they went to the hospital, they got their parents, their divorced parents finally came together. Or this is when they got presents or there's a lot of reasons that go into it. This is what makes them special, right? There's, there's a lot that goes into the, the healing game and the psychology. Um, but Western medicine really cultivates the Oh, you're going to be sick and broken the rest of your life with this diagnosis. And it's always going to be there. You can't escape it. Um, I think the biggest con is telling people they have autoimmune disorders because that means you're so deranged and stupid. Your body doesn't even know itself anymore. I mean, yeah, what, I mean, literally, how, how much worse can you tell them that they are? Right. I mean, that's just hopelessness in a, in yeah. a, in a whole category. So 
got to be real careful about that. And then, and so that's where the, the psychological aspect of all this. So it's much easier if you get someone's brain healthy, mm-hmm. you get their brain stable, then their emotions are healthy and their emotions are stable. And we can, it's much easier to fix those issues. If you have a healthy kind of the whole environment is easy, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to change a thought or change a behavior. If you're like a tumult, if you're like in the tsunami chaotic storm, right, of inflammation and blood sugar swings and uh, infections causing, you know, all kinds of bizarre neurotransmitter excursions. That's really, really hard to like, I don't know, meditate or use affirmations or talk to a therapist. It's gonna, it doesn't, it's hard, doesn't work. A lot of blockages. Then if we get that stable, then it's easier to move out of some of those uh, those patterns, those scripts that they picked up from their parents or whatever. And we can, we can make headway then it is possible, but sometimes people are really attached to those things. I'm like, okay. And that's when, you know, I think we're not a good fit. I have no problem. Yeah. Like, we're just not a good fit. Well, <laughs> and I think people will come to you when they're ready to, maybe you're just not a good fit at that moment in their journey. And okay. then they need to go through a few things and Absolutely. I had to hear, I tell them, I'll say sometimes like, here's what it is. You may never see me. I may never want to see me again, but I gotta, this is my, maybe my one shot or my second shot. I'm going to tell you some things. Sometimes I got to hit it real hard because I feel like this, I got a one shot. Other times Mm -hmm. I know I can, I got time to tell them and I might be the second person in their journey or the fifth person, or I'm the seventh person they've heard this from. And now they decide to change. It might not, I'm not special. I'm just the seventh person. I was told over and over and over and over again by doctors. I deeply respected and admired to stop being a vegan. And I did not, I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going until one day after 12 years of it and one doc, and it wasn't like she was that magical. It was like when she said it, it was like the whole file of everyone else that said it, who I respected and ignored came forward. And I went, God, I think I need to finally listen. Yeah. I think I need to stop thinking. I know. I think I need to stop being stubborn. I think I need to let go of whatever I'm doing to punish and abuse myself. Why do I feel I should be in so much pain and suffering? Why? I think it's time to love myself enough to try something new. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't, so I get it. I've been that patient. Mm -hmm. So I understand when a patient needs to hear it seven times from 10 different doctors. (laughs) Like, okay, we've all been there for something. Yes, I completely agree. (laughs) So, well, um, in closing, it's been amazing talking to you today. Um, I feel like I can talk to you for hours. Um, but what is the overall message that you would love, you would like to tell somebody who is dealing with, you know, mood disorders or, you know, neurological conditions, or they know somebody who is? Yeah, overall, I hope the message is that, that you hear hope, that everything, I deeply believe the power that made the body can heal the body. And there is not a damn thing that the body cannot recover from. The body has healed everything and there's not a single thing a human body hasn't encountered that it hasn't defeated. Otherwise we wouldn't exist anymore. There's been enough trauma, plagues, injury, infections, whatever, that we should be wiped out, but we're not. We always have the capability of defeating it. So if one does, everybody does. It's just an untapped potential within you. So 
knowing that, I hope they hear that. And I, the basic message, if people can hear this, and I think we can hopefully change the mental health escape, the game out there, instead of thinking this is something you have to deal with your entire life. Mental health is brain health. The brain can be healed. Therefore, you heal the brain, you heal behaviors, and you heal mental issues. That's all you need to do. And you don't need to own a diagnosis. You don't need to stop. Please stop saying my fibromyalgia, my MS, my cancer, my sexual molestation, my rape. Stop. That is assigning direct ownership. It is so unhealthy to do that. So just in changing your words in what you're doing, right? Um, is really, really impactful. So I want people to understand the brain can be healed. You can heal anything. The body is constantly regenerating. We have incredible technologies. We have incredible information. And the way we start with that, with everything, is I'm going to look to connect you to nature once again. I'm going to bring nature back into your house. I'm going to bring you back into nature. And we're going to follow the laws of Mother Earth because she will outwit any lab, any pharmaceutical firm every day of the week. And she will heal you. You are designed to be healthy. You were not born to be sick. That is a lie. So that's be my final message. Wow, I love it. I That gave me chills. <laughs> that's so amazing. Um, so where can people find you? Um, one of the best places, my website, um, brainandbodysolutions.com or drrimka.com. And that'll take you to my primary website where I have another link to all my courses. I have an e-learning center so people can do online courses with me. Some are um, online that you can just DIY yourself kind of through an e-learning center. Um, or I have some that have a online learning course that you take yourself through and have like a Facebook group community or a Zoom community where you get to Q&A live with me. Those are usually my 90-day courses, um, which is a great affordable way to access me. I also have a retreat. I only have four spots left. I have a retreat. Oh, wow. It's a keto carnivore retreat in South Africa, Safari. Oh my gosh, we're doing, that Yeah, we're doing amazing. a 10-day safari um, in 2022. I think it's April. We had to change everything because of COVID, right? Yeah. So we had to push the dates twice. And we just said, okay, my, my group chose to push it far out. Um, because none of us want to wear masks on a plane or deal with any forced um, coercion of a medical procedure. Uh, and we'll charter a private jet if we have to, actually. So I have a travel concierge that will handle all that. So I got four spots left. It's a small group. Only 20 of us can go, mm -hmm. um, including me and my concierge. Uh, private chef, everything private. We're on a conservation reserve. Um, preserve. We're, we're going out uh, with veterinarians flying in a helicopter. It's not hunting, nothing like that. South Africans are not into it. It's no gain, none of that crazy stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll be learning conservation and connecting to nature and lots of different exercises um, around that. Um, uh, and, you know, have a lot of access to me, a lot of questions. I'll probably do a few little health lectures, things like that. I'm probably talking about uh, electro electromagnetic connection of nature to the mitochondria things a little bit a little bit of science that i do for patients yeah um, so there's that and on my website there's a store a lot of people ask about what do you think about this what's your this what's your that? i'm like it's all there 
You want to know what sauna I like, what LED panel, what blue blockers, what peptides, what jerky, what meat, what wine, <laughs> what CBD. Yeah. It's, it's on my website. Okay. So awesome. that's great access to go to that website and it'll kind of take you to my main stuff. Plus it, Facebook, Instagram, it, that's, it'll connect you there. Um, I'm playing yeah. a lot on Instagram lately. And so my YouTube, all of that's there. Lots yeah, of Yeah, I, I love your Instagram. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. You have a lot of fun stuff on there too. <laughs> yeah, I try to have fun. I try to focus on yeah. brain stuff. And it's been a hard year and a half or whatever that yeah. I'm lately bringing a little bit of humor because I'm like, oh man, I can't, we can't just, my, my work life is PTSD and suicide and anxiety. It's been horrible, right? Oh, yeah. So I got to have a little fun. I, I, every now and then I watch some dance. I, I, what I'm kind of been playing with lately is showing people, trying to remind people life is worth living. Yeah. People are worth fighting for. We are awesome. Because if you, if you look down too many rabbit holes, you'll think we're the worst, darkest, most evil, horrible creatures that ever existed. And that's yeah. the lie they want to sell you that we're parasites, that we're not good, that we're destroying everything. So yeah. we should, you know, there should be less of us and we could, should control that. And right, there, there, there's a lie that's being sold. And so I wanna remind people, no, 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 no. We are magical divine creatures in connection with everything on this planet. And you need to, be rem need to remember that. So you need to look for the beauty of humans. We're, we're worth it, you know, and not from an ego place, but from a love place. Yes. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. And I love you. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Rosa. You're so sweet. <laughs> and I will put all those links in the show notes for everybody, too. Awesome. Well, all thanks right. for having me. Thank you so much. I hope that you love this episode today with a Dr. Stephanie Rimka. Um, if you are loving this, um, if you love this episode or if you're just loving this podcast so far, I would really appreciate it if you would go over to iTunes and leave me and leave me an honest um, rating and review. Um, and I would be happy to share your review on my next episode. I would love to give you guys a shout out. Um, so yeah, go ahead and go over there. Um, leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. And let me know if there's any guests that you want to have on the next episode. I am reaching out to people. I am, I am um, getting some really good interviews coming up soon. And so I would love for you guys to just give me a little input. And don't forget to share this on your social media. Um, if you think it would really help somebody, you know, especially this episode, I think could really help a lot of people, you know, if you know um, someone um, that has been dealing with, you know, a neuro neurological type, you know, brain condition or, or, you know, anyone that even just has anxiety or depression or, you know, bipolar, any kind of those things or has autism or knows somebody who has autism, um, you know, it could really help somebody, you know, there's a lot of information out there and um, this is some really good information, I think. So go ahead and do that for me. And as always, I want you guys to just live your best lives, rock your best lives, and I will see you in the next episode. If you enjoy or find value in this podcast, then please consider supporting Rock Your Best Life on Patreon. 
By becoming a Patreon, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create great content. There are exclusive perks available, such as private consultations with me, early access to content, and so much more. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash rockyourbestlife. Check the episode show notes for the link, and I will see you there.